breath of whiskey on my cotton shirt. Turn on the fan. Take off your skirt. Lay here beside me on these sheets. So stained for a little while. It ain't the same. She brings me water and it always tastes so good. She brings me flowers from the woods. Stays here in this house with me when I know she'd rather leave. Stays with me as I sleep. She helps me nurse my lumber lung, but it's no longer fun for her. See, I'd like to start talking over this, but this is way too good. <laughs> Here's the problem with picking a great intro song: is you're like, I guess, fuck us. How great are those opening lyrics? Though? Honest to God, yeah. but also like the vibe yep. and who they do. Oh, it gets better. Maybe we got to play a little bit more. Just me and her in the southern and the Midwest states. Turn north, just south of Arkansas. We headed up towards the vast Great Lakes. And I thought I'd sleep through Texas. I watched his car explode When she wakes me from my delirium I know I'm no longer fun For her Okay, well that story took a particularly dark turn But he was just in a delirium, I think Maybe I, I, don't, I He watched it hit He had underpass. the lumber lung L- But lumber lung I just <laughs> I don't even know What lumber lung is It's made up It's from the Simpsons What I do know Is that Slobber bone Is one of the most Potentially offensive And brilliant Band names oh. Of all time It's like up, It's up there With Nashville Pussy yeah. They were the kind of band That did that sort of show Where you'd show up As you like to say Already greased and you're like, oh, oh, this is happening. And then suddenly you're up front screaming and you're thinking about taking your shirt off. Yeah, that's exactly right. You nailed it. I'm just saying, <laughs> man. I'm thinking about taking my shirt off. A little slobber bone to kick Ooh. off the uh, 326 episode of the Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios in scenic and incredibly comfortable South Minneapolis today, right near the 48th and uh, Chicago Avenue intersection. Um, I like it here, Sean. I was thinking about it the other day. Someone asked me, like, well, what about your studio? I'm like, you know, it's not fancy by any no. stretch of the imagination, but it's ours and like little house on the prairie except the (laughs) the podcast prairie (laughs) where we can play slobber bone and are you half pint you're probably half pint then aren't you i would like to think of myself as blind mary um i'm cool with being half pint yeah okay you be half pint yeah although blind mary had way more fun Oh, I don't know that that's true. Well, she struggled constantly. She could barely get out to get the water out of the pump, bro. Uh, she couldn't see. She was blind. But not the entire series, not until no, later on. No, no, no. And later on, I'm she did. Pre-li- pre-blind Mary, then post-blind Mary. Oh. Know, still a pretty good run. I'd like to think of myself as transitional <laughs> blind Mary, where I'm slowly losing my sight, and I'm still trying to hang on the joy of living on Little House on the Prairie. Also a good band name, by the way. What's that? Transitional blind Mary. <laughs> 
It is the Brian Oak Show uh, here in the Smart Start MN studios. Smart Start MN, without them, we are nothing. They've been with us since before we started. They are somehow still unexpectedly with us to this day, some 320-plus episodes in. They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means they worked with the legislature to help find a way for people who have lost their license due to driving while they were loaded, which is a terrible idea, but people still continue to do it all the time. There are people who are not going to judge you because you're going to get a lot of judgment and it's going to be very (laughs) expensive. But these are people who will help you get back to some vague semblance of a normal life long before you can simply by putting this technology into your car. Now, a lot of other people have come along to sort of move in on their territory since then, but these are the people who worked with the state to make this happen in the first place. They know what they're doing, and most importantly, as Sean and I stress all the time, they're good people. They really are, and just to the fact that they had the the foresight, the wherewithal, the consideration of other people to come up with something like the ignition interlock system go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show that'll get you 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock and before we talk to today's guest a musician slash entrepreneur if you will uh rich horton has joined us before and is an, a long-term friend of mine um we should also mention moxie wealth management you know i i've spent some time recently going through lots of legal documents and looking through everything that i'm worth and i'm not worth and trying to get my ducks in a row, I probably could use the assistance of a Moxie Wealth Management. Now, I do not have a tremendous number of resources, but I have enough that I'm going to have to think about it somewhere moving forward. I'm going to have to decide when I can retire. The answer is never. Uh, How I would retire, what I need to do to better insulate and insure myself. Moxie Wealth Management is that kind of group that does sort of a holistic is weird because I think people get defensive and think it sounds new age when i say holistic i mean they took a look they take a look at your entire sort yeah kind of a universal approach well but but a wealth portfolio and i think a lot of people think i don't have a wealth portfolio you do probably more than you know well and if you're around our age and you're listening to this podcast there's still a lot you can do to actually still have some kind of retirement and it, it includes things like you know, maybe there's some ways that you can shelter taxes and invest in things properly in the next 10, 12, 15 years so that you can have some kind of uh, a retirement. Maybe it includes the sale of your home. Maybe it includes your Social Security, but you have a little something extra uh, going on there. But you have to go set up the appointment. I'd say take care of this right away. Get in touch with Joe, with Joe and the team at MoxieWealthManagement.com. Probably would have been a good idea about 20 years ago, but it's still not too late. Um, I, so I do this podcast. I do a morning radio show, but I also work at a record store uh, one or two days a week. And it's uh, a zero cost benefit situation. I don't make any money there because I spend more than I make at that record store, but it feeds my addiction. I spend money on very, very little these days. I don't drive fancy cars. I don't wear fancy clothes. I don't do any of that kind of shit, but I do collect books and I do collect records and working in a record store, especially at a place like, fine, I'm just going to say it, Mill City Sound, that that cares as much about curating a proper collection as they do there. I sit there and stare at the wall every day, the wall where all the fancy stuff is. I'm like, I can't afford any of that shit. But every once in a while, you make yourself afford certain pieces of shit. For instance, I got... Yesterday, a piece of vinyl by Jerry Jeff Walker, Texas singer-songwriter. Nobody gives a shit about Jerry Jeff Walker. You know, pissing in the wind. Yeah, okay, I guess maybe you heard that in 1978. Nobody cares. But this is this very, very weird, and I don't normally collect the, like, the weird, unique, like, <gasps> collectible stuff because I'm not collecting it as a way of, like, I'm not collecting it like Pokemon cards, like, this is going to be my retirement one day. I don't buy anything, no matter how expensive it is, if I can't listen to it. And this was back in the day, way back in the day, uh, October 10th, I don't know what year, but this was sent specifically to Minnesota to radio stations to mention that Jerry Jeff Walker was going to be here. A lot of people don't know he was the original author of Mr. Bojangles, even though David, wow, what's his name, Bob Dylan? 
I almost yeah. called him David Bowen. <laughs> Sorry. I'm telling you, I'm tired today. No, man. That's all right. Anyway, um, Bob Dylan, I mean, everyone thinks that's his song. No, it belongs to Jerry Jeff Walker. But ironically, this particular track is not a Jerry Jeff Walker song, but instead written by fellow Texas singer-songwriter Guy Clark, and it remains one of my favorites. And also my dad... He used to play this all the time when so I was did a mine. kid. So did mine. And I was like, oh, fuck, why are we listening to this boring-ass shit? And then all of a sudden, at one point in my life, I'm like, oh, my fucking God, this song matters more than any song I ever liked. I'm going to have to ask my dad during the song here if he either played this song when I was growing up, like yeah. on guitar, or if we had the 8-track, because I know it was played quite a bit in our household. Guy Clark is the original songwriter, yeah. but I don't think anybody ever expressed this song better than Jerry Jeff Walker. It's called L.A. Freeway. It's the Brian Oak Show, episode 326.
So as as the seventies unfolded and went into the eighties, he'd have a number of relatively popular country hits, but that was his last foray into the Billboard Top 100, where Crossover. he only hit number 98, which proves we live on a fucking diarrhea planet, because that's one of the best songs I've ever heard on my in my life, L.A. Freeway by Jerry Jeff Walker, on the Brian Oak Show episode, and I got it wrong before, we're 327? 327. Okay, that's cool. Look, man, we've been doing this a long time, the numbers get very confusing. Let's say hi to our guest, one Rich Horton. How are you, Rich? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm all right. You need to stay right up on there, and I need you to project. I need you to breathe from the diaphragm, and I need you to give me the business, all right? Try that again. (laughs) Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Brian. Excellent. Thank you. That's what I want. See, I want to get, I want to do the combination of my broadcasting acumen with your improv acumen. If we can infuse Rich with both those, I think. We're just popping. We're popping. Exactly. (laughs) Everything's happening. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, and. Anyway, Rich, hi. Nice to have you back here. Now, Rich has been on before as a member of the Minnesota band Tragic Hands, but Rich and I go back a long way. I don't know how old Rich is now, but I can guess because I'm only a year or two older than he is, and, uh, well, I'm in my mid-50s, and we've known each other since we were, well, since I was 10 years old and you were probably 8 or 9 years old. We don't need to talk about that. But, you know, you go a few years, and by a few years, I mean a few decades, and don't see anyone, and then they're suddenly they're in a band, and they're doing things, and we've talked before, and now you've moved on to the entrepreneurial end of your life. I'm not trying to go TMZ on the bit, but tell me about what happened to Tragic Hands. Uh, well, just kind of what happens to bands, you go and record, and, uh, you know, the, kind of the, the uh, stress of it and all that stuff, and you just yeah. kind of doesn't you, end up working out. You so. decide you're done. Yep, yep. Is that, is that, and again, I'm not, I'm not really trying to get you to open up a vein. I'm just more curious than anything. Is that tragic? Is it terrible or is it okay? Well, with the, with the thing we're going to talk about today, the, the restaurant, it kind of freed up the time to, to work on that more. So All right. it, it, it ended up working out. Well, I mean, the, uni- well, yes. the universe always seeks yes. a balance, right? It's like there's nobody who's not ever not going through something, right? And it you you can decide what you're going to do with that you can decide that this is the fucking end or you can be like all right well maybe now we'll try this and maybe now we'll try that and you've been doing your entrepreneurial stuff for quite some time uh but before we get into that i would like to well, we're going to hear a song before we get into any of that but before we do that i'd like to know how's life right now man your family good life treating you well yes everything's really good yeah. okay yeah that was one of the most <laughs> basic <laughs> nondescript answers i've ever heard tell me something interesting that's happened to you so far in 2023 one thing now again we're going to talk about the restaurant but that that is not who rich horton is (laughs) tell me something good that happened to rich horton so far this year okay well me and my wife uh this is our 30th wedding anniversary was yesterday oh congratulations that's huge dude 30 years is more than half your life yep that's pretty cool man and we're doing, doing it working together too, you know, working on the business. Oh my together is, gosh! So. Uh, it's it's interesting that you're both still alive. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you Where did you meet your wife? I met my wife at a uh, graduation party in Anoka. Um, a friend, I was playing in a band, and his his friend. We all got a group of friends from that. Uh huh. And it was a she was a friend of theirs, and was there, and we uh, started playing a game of uh, pig in the you know basketball in the uh, yeah yeah court and. Uh, Talked to her a little bit then, and then... I'm more of a horse guy, but pig is cool. Later on, asked her out, and (laughs) And it went from there, yeah. And here we are 30 years later. And yesterday was your anniversary. Yep. That's kind of... Happy anniversary, man. That's rare. It's not only rare, but also, like, I mean, obviously... It's one thing to hear that and for people to sort of idealize it and be like, oh my gosh, that's so romantic and amazing. And I don't need to tell you or you or myself, not every day is fucking golden, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there, and especially if you work together, there's a lot of uphill moving. There's a lot of heavy lifting. But yet still, here you are. Yep. Well done. You have children, too, right? Yep, two daughters. How old are they? I have 24 and 28. It's hard to remember right, right off. So I have bad. a 24-year-old as well. But, like, again, I remember going into your basement and there was one night where there was no one around we were totally unsupervised and we flipped the couches over so you lived in a split entry like i did and there was that sort of like not all the way basement but the kind of half basement we flipped the couches over and you found a box of 45 rpm seven inch singles 
and we found a couple of sticks. And I hope I'm not talking out of school here. We <laughs> sat behind the opposite couches, and we'd pop up and whip them at each other, like <laughs> literally risking losing an eye or some sort of deep laceration, but then trying to strike them with the stick. And those were some of the most free times I've ever <laughs> I've ever been part of. I'm going to ask you one more question before we hear the first song, and then we'll talk about your restaurant. Um, when I say... I came from El Paso with a dog in my hand. What's the first thing that comes to your head? Oh, I remember that, but I can't remember exactly where it came from. You wrote it on your bedroom wall in pen. Okay. Because you, (laughs) I don't know what happened to you. What happened to you when we were about 14, 15, 16? I remember the rest of the of the of the song as well. You wrote the whole thing on the wall, and I'm not going to do that to you right now because I want your restaurant to succeed, and I don't <laughs> want people to cancel you. But you wrote some weird shit on your wall, man, which probably gave your parents reason for concern. But I always love them, and yeah, I hope your whole family is doing well, man. And I'm you have a 28 year old daughter. Yep, really. Yep. Wild. All right. Well, we'll get to none of that moving forward. We're not going to talk any more <laughs> about your family, but we are going to talk about uh, your long-running coffee shop and your newest restaurant that you're doing right now, because that's what this podcast is about, is about connecting the dots in the community and getting people out there to places that matter with people who are cool. But we're also on this particular podcast about playing music. When I saw this was the first song you picked, I'm not sure if you're flirting with me, Rich, or not, but... <laughs> It's working because I love this song so much. And there's a reason for it because when you pl- you played me this song in your basement, you played me a Zen Arcade yeah. and this song, and I didn't quite wrap my head around it at the time because I was into the metal and stuff but, you know, yeah, when yeah. I was younger. So, and I didn't really we get it. We grew up in Coon Rapids, yeah, yeah, man. Of course yeah. you did. I didn't really get it. And then all of a sudden, a couple years later, you know, first year of college, and then all of a sudden this really clicked, and this was like one of my favorite albums of all time. So. There are things that I'd like to say, but I'm never talking to you again. There's things I'd like to pray somewhere, but I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you. I'm tired of wasting all my time trying to talk to you. Put you down where you belong, but I'm never talking to you again. I show you everywhere you're wrong, but I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you again. I'm never talking to you. I'm tired of wasting all my time trying to talk to you. Talking to So Zen Arcade was this really incredible album, and I didn't pretend to have any idea what was happening. I remember walking into Northern Lights back when it was downtown, right there on Hennepin Avenue and 7th Street. And I walked in, and I was some weirdo, fucking ridiculous nerd from the northern suburbs with my friend. And we walked in, and I I said, what's a great record? And, you know, record store guys, being one now, they can be dicks. They really can be. And they they could have directed me to something awful by Tesco V and the Meat (laughs) Men or like generally something terrible. Just to fuck with you. (laughs) But But this guy, and I don't know who he was, and I don't remember his name, he's like you want to see the best record we have in the store right now? And I was like, yes, please. And he walked me over to Husker Du's Zen Arcade. And I didn't know. I didn't know shit about Husker Du. I knew nothing. And I'm like, and I was like, it was a double album, so it was a little more expensive. I'm like, well, that's most of my record buying money today. And I I rolled the dice. To this day, some, 
Oh, Christ, that came out in 84, so we're coming up on 40 years later, um, which is unthinkable, right? Yeah, it's kind of weird. No, yeah. it's beyond weird. It's not possible, <laughs> and I don't. I refuse to believe it. I took it home, and I didn't have any context. It literally changed the way that I thought about music. It literally changed everything, because some of it was so heavy and so hardcore, and some of it was as beautiful and acoustic and quiet as the song you just picked, Rich. That record... I think the reason that I became such a uh, an apostle for that record, you know, like, no, Rich, you got to hear it. I told, you know, I mean, you remember Tony. I mean, like all the people, like, no, 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 you got to hear it. And people are like, yeah, I don't, I, we're listening to Prince 1999 right now. Like, oh, we're listening to Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil. It, it literally changed my life. And that particular track right there, that's a deep one, man. In the middle of all the heaviness of that record, that is fantastic. And you told me unexpectedly and probably unplanned, you got to see that live in the 7th Street entry. Yeah, I was uh, just went to see Grand Hart play. I think I think he was playing with Nova Mob, the, that band that he had for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, the bass player was uh, was uh, fiddling around with his amp, and the show wasn't going on, mm. so he started playing that out loud. And everybody, wow, everybody kind of a consummate showman. Like he's like, well, it's kind of like when you work in radio, you're like, nope. Nothing's happened for 20 seconds. Something needs to fucking happen. Start talking. Yeah, start yeah, singing. Start yep. doing your thing. Speaking of, it is The Brian Oak Show, episode 237. We'll get back to talking to Rich Horton in a minute. But before we do that, let's talk to another sponsor, friend, cohort, colleague. That would be Sean Bernard. In addition to all of his other many heavy and weighty responsibilities, he's a realtor for Remax. Listen, just let it happen, all right? Let all me right. let me all come right. let me let me put the laurels on your head, all right? Just relax and enjoy <laughs> the accolades. Uh he also is a realtor for Remax Results. And I guess the reason I push it now is because people will Right now, it, it seems like there's a torrent, there's a flood, like there's been a, the levee is broken. But at some point, people are going to get weird and freeze up again because the market's always weird. Always changing. Yeah. But right now, it's happening. And how is it happening? It's been really busy and I'm thankful for it. It's been a little bit, I don't want to say crazy, but it's been a little bit crazy. There's nothing wrong that a lot of people would consider that a quality problem, Sean, a quality problem. The the really cool thing is when I get to help out old friends. So you and I spent many years in radio, you're back in it again. Uh, But my old friend- I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. My old friend, Ben Holson. I worked with Ben both at KS95 and then over at 93X for years. Ben is a tremendous guy. His wife, Karen, is terrific, and I helped them find a house up in Shoreview. They have a, a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and that's where they want her to go to school and to raise her and everything else like that. So it's just really cool watching. I, I was at their wedding, you know, watching people go through those different stages of life and find some place that fits them is so, so cool. And, by the way, they decided to donate to breast cancer survivor and friend of the show, Katie Tessman. So uh, wow, right portion, portion of that sale went to Katie Tessman. She just had such a phenomenal response to that, which was so cool. Happy to be able to give just a small part back. If you know somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. I want to say one more thing, and it has to do with you. Uh-oh. Generosity. Uh-oh. And Here we go. What that, what that guy did at Northern Lights years ago is what you're doing now all the time, and the generosity of... Of music and just introducing somebody to a band, what an incredibly generous thing to do. Now, a lot of people go, oh, Brian works at a record store because he loves records. I know you love records, but you know what you've done for an entire career Hmm. is introduce people to music that has given them hours and hours and hours of peace or escape or whatever. And that's what's so cool about record stores to me. Is somebody that's so passionate about something that they're like, you know what? Tell me what you're into. Okay, here's what we're going to... Here's what I'm going to pick for you. Yeah. Is there anything more delicious or delightful than finding a new artist? You're like, holy shit, I love this. I, Whatever this is, I dig it. It's an animal when you get home, yeah. right? And you, like, you go through the ritual, you put it on yes. the altar, yes. you begin the spinning candelabra, mm. and it all happens. But to me, it's more than that. It's like the, the shot. Again, this is going to sound totally overblown and completely silly. Eh. But it's like the, the shaman or the witch who wanders into the woods to find their ingredients, right? Like, you have to go out record shopping. When my daughter was young and nobody was buying vinyl, there was Cheapo. There were like yeah. three other record stores. Nobody gave a shit about vinyl. You could buy anything for 25 cents or 99 cents. I would still take her record shopping. I'd be like, 
Just flip through, see what you like, you know. And when things are only two ninety nine, who gives a fuck? I got three dollars. Let's buy it. Let's see. and maybe it's shit, and then we'll pass it along, or it'll just be something you have to throw away when I die. Um, but I mean, just like the the to me, the art of accumulation. It's not just about building the biggest tower of pretty colored rocks. It's about learning as you flip through. Like, I still do it at the record store to this day. Yeah. Flipping through, I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, no yeah, yeah. You yeah. put it on, you're like, and again, 90% of the time. Yep. Not, but every once in a while, you're like, the fuck is this? This is cool. And, and so... There's the acquisition, then there's the listing, it's the whole bit, and that was very kind words of you to say. Well, it's just honesty, I, I think. And then what Rich said, you know, there's times with artists like with you, with Who's Do the first time you heard them, you weren't ready for them yet. Two years later, your life is very different. You're like, holy shit, now I get it. I've definitely had that happen. Yep. I was that way with Led Zeppelin. I'm embarrassed to say I did not dig Led Zeppelin until I was about 20. Before that, I'm like, what is this burnout bullshit? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was. No, I, and then it was like, it hit me and I'm like, holy shit, is this amazing? It's funny you say that because yeah. Rich and I grew up in an area where everyone's older brother or older sister was a complete Led Zeppelin burnout, right? Yep, mostly. Or they liked Rush or they liked Sticks or whatever. And I mean, and I grew up on classic rock. I love a ton of it. But there were, you remember Rob Eggerud? Yes, yep. All right. Uh, R.I.P., Mr. Agarud. But his older brother was one of those sort of older sibling burnouts who collected roadkill on the side of the road, and I'd come over to see Rob, and his older brother was boiling roadkill skulls in a saucepan on the stove to clean all the brains and the guts and the fur off of it, and his house smelled like a fucking abattoir. It, It smelled like a meat processing plant, but... Those people also, I'm like, they have black light posters. They have little Miller light flicker bulbs. There's something dangerous about that. That There's an appeal there. Am I wrong? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think we we kind of grew up on those uh, KTEL compilations, I think, when we were younger. That's basically was all that was available. I had somebody uh, recently, so working at a record store, one of the other uh, sort of un, unspoken benefits is someone recently brought me two full crates. They're like, I collected KTEL and now I'm not interested anymore. I'm like, I'll buy them both. Thank you very much. I'll take those right away. I want to talk about your coffee shop. I want to talk about your restaurant. But now we got derailed by talking about the majesty of music and the discovery. Here's the other cool thing. And the one last thing I want to say about getting into older music is I work at a record store. And I've never been the guy who's like, I know everything. I'm the smart guy. I've always figured. I've been lucky on a couple of occasions where I found some truly killer things. But I continue to this day in my advanced dotage to find things I've never heard of before. That's cool. And if you find a thing, you don't, like, you don't get to pick what you love. Yeah. But if you find the thing that tickles that little small part in the back of your little shitty lizard brain, then there's nothing wrong with that. No, no one, there's no victim. Everything is good. And so continually searching, whether we're talking about books or food or records or, I don't know, jujitsu styles. You know, because not everyone's for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the case I'm may be. I'm not doing the old school no, jujitsu. No, no, it's all, all the new. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm a much, much bigger fan of the new brand. Whatever makes you fall in love, then you're doing the right thing. And if you're not falling in love ever anymore and you're entirely tired, that means it's time to go fart. Start. Did I say fart? You did, <laughs> but we're going to leave it. I meant because... start <laughs> fucking looking. All right. I. That's my new farting. All right. So anyway, that's my that's my new contraction. Just keep looking. There's a ton of stuff out there, up to and including excellent places to spend your time and money, which is why we're talking to Rich Horton. But before we do, I want to hear one more song. Now, you picked a guy who was a recent guest on this particular show. Tell me about your relationship with him, why you picked this artist and this song. Well, I've known, known Dan for a while, long long time when I did the, the local magazine, music magazine and stuff. And then, um, Which music magazine was that, my good man? Rift Magazine. I do remember. And, uh, and just, I, you know, he puts out stuff, he puts out so much music and this song really like when I think it came out over the pandemic and it just struck me, you know, as like cool and, and very, uh, you know, kind of touched me a little bit. So.
Israel, Minnesota musician on The Brian Oak Show, episode 340,097. <laughs> 327. 327, which is still a pretty respectable amount, to be honest. Yeah, Dan Israel's doing great. It's really cool to hear his, uh, his new stuff, and he's like, a lot of these songs are really hitting. He Doing played great. at our most recent Patreon event, and was it was super fun. The location was cool. He sounded fantastic. Steve Bransig with him. It was it was very, very enjoyable, and for a guy who's been doing it as long as he has, to realize, you know, and that's the thing about being an artist, right? I guess not even just being an artist, being anything that you do for what you do, you get better at it. I imagine you're a better realtor than you were when you first started. Oh, hell yeah. And I... Yep. I am barely a better broadcaster than I was when I first started. Kind of just been coasting for 30 years. You're not trying too hard like the early years, right? Didn't we all try just a little too hard in those early years? And then you get like just even a taste of (laughs) modest comfort, and you're like, I'm cool. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm Brian Updash, Sean Bernard, and Rich is joining us right now. Now, Rich, we have talked about your life in Tragic Hands. You also did Rift Magazine. You have been part of the Minnesota music scene for a long time, but you're also an entrepreneur. Will you please tell me from the beginning how it started? Again, more of an elevator speech than a full 20-minute TED Talk, but a tell me about Relish, the coffee shop, the more recent edition of the restaurant, and where we are right now. Okay, so we live in northeast Minneapolis. I was Kind of just telling Sean that we moved there because Uptown was too expensive at the time in South Minneapolis because the houses were going for over eighty thousand, which seems crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy now. Isn't but, that crazy? Yeah. So not eighty thousand. You couldn't <laughs> try kill me over here. You couldn't find a house for eighty thousand no. dollars within two hundred miles of here. So we moved to Northeast. Um, my wife started a, and her sister started a. My sister in law started a um, a uh, gift store. I'll dabble for a while, and then we're working in a coffee shop, and then that coffee shop was going to close, so we took over the lease of that space and opened the coffee shop northeast, which is at 2852 Johnson Street. Now, let me ask you this real quick, just because this part is fascinating to me. Much like I don't understand how musicians' brains work, I think I understand less about how the entrepreneur's brain works. What happened? It's tough. No, I'm just saying it. Oh, yeah. I just... Because... Obviously, you're not, unless you are Britney Spears, you're not making any money in music. <laughs> but as a restaurateur or a, an entrepreneur, the margins aren't a whole lot better. What what made you decide? You're like, you know what? We're doing it. We're doing a coffee shop. Well, you don't really know that when, you, when you're starting out of it. So, right, and, right. Uh, so you just kind of move forward and hope for the best at first. And, uh, you know, you, you get a little money, seed money to put into the business and just hope you can make make money back and do it but so how long has so where's that you say 700 700 central that's where the relish is the new the new, oh, the new one is yep. okay the new restaurant so how long has the coffee shop been around we just uh celebrated our 13th anniversary so that's 13 a long years. it's yes. you're still yep. open yep so you haven't gone into bankruptcy you yep. haven't had to flee the state you survived like the that. pandemic yeah we did that yeah that the pandemic was was kind of weird in a certain certain way that our bank was really awesome and they had those PPL loans lined up for us the whole time. So we were able That's to just great. sustain and then just make it through it and then start with, you know, window service and then back yeah. into, you know, spaced out service back into sitting service. Well, let's be honest. I mean, like more than, I mean, like I, th- I believe like 52 or 54% of Americans are employed by small companies in America and you can't let those die. And they were on the verge of dying. So without yeah. those, there wouldn't have been much recourse. So you decide, all right, we've been humping along for 13 years with this particular endeavor and doing a coffee shop. And then you're like, you know what? Let's do a whole ass <laughs> restaurant. That seems like a good idea. And it's called Relish. It's on 700 Central Northeast. Now, what I want to ask you about this is I'm not, I'm actually, I, I'm thrilled for you that you decided to take on another endeavor. But most of the people I know who get into the restaurant business are like freakish diehard chefs who know nothing about business. Now, you've run a coffee shop for that long. You understand the money end of it. What made you think that you wanted to do a restaurant? Well, it was kind of a, we were on vacation up in, up in the North Shore, and my daughter, who's been working for restaurants for the last six years, uh, saw that, that space was open, and it looked it was always a super cool space. 
And uh, it's a great neck of the woods, yeah, man. It's a great area. It's not far from Jim's Cafe, right? Where they yeah, that's down, wild, down the street. Wild at Heart was that uh, Untamed Heart? Untamed Heart. Untamed, yeah. yeah. Baboon Heart? Are we talking yeah, about it was the, Baboon Heart. I, I worked at Clean Water Action. I know you did. You were right there. Yeah. I got to see both Winona Ryder and Christian Slater, and I also got to see them spray the sidewalks with this weird foam that kind of looked like snow, oh, no. but when it was fuzzed out in the background as they're like doing a kiss on the corner, it looked a lot like snow. No, it was very weird to watch unfold. I, so, I mean, you're like right there. We're like down the block from that. Yeah. All right, right yep. on, right so. on. So then give me an idea of what relish is. So because it's a crowded market, right? I mean, like it's not overly crowded, but there are a lot of restaurants. There are a lot of people with a lot of creative ideas about what they're going to bring to the table. And much like, I don't know, doing a podcast or doing anything, if you can't cut through the clutter, people are never going to hear your name and they're never going to pay attention. What was your sort of mission statement or philosophy when you started Relish Up? Well, there wasn't, there's only a, a couple coffee shops in that area, not with something super close to that location. And we had this coffee shop experience, and my daughter had the, the uh, restaurant bar experience. So we figured with both, putting both together, you know, we could build up the coffee shop there and build up the restaurant and bar part of it at the same time, and then that'd be the extra thing. And uh, breakfast has been a big thing. We Like our brunch on Saturday and Sunday has been pretty busy so far. Even Are you there seven out. days a week? No, I'm not. Basically, I'm the I'm a kind of one of those uh, silent the side, side project guys yeah. that you know, stuff needs to be done. But clever. The, the main team is my is my daughter, my sister in law, my wife, and uh, my sister in law's wife too as well. So that's kind of the general t- team. But two of us work like I work a full time job exactly and then i'm just doing all the side stuff yeah so so. let me ask you this it's not one of those ridiculous fusion places where like we like to do argentinian meets cantonese for a kimchi brunch done in a minnesota style i mean is it like pretty straightforward food straightforward like diner type food and the one thing i don't i don't know if you remember this my my grandma lived across the street from us i remember down the street from you yeah yeah and she used to have spaghetti night thursday nights and i don't did you ever make it to one of those do you remember if i had, don't you know that i was ever invited richard okay. <laughs> all right sure. i don't sure. know that i was rub invited. It in. <laughs> so, but that was kind of a big thing with our in our family and stuff so we yeah. we took her recipe and we're serving that two nights a week as all well, right so right on and, and just doing my daughter didn't want to do a chef a chef version of it she wanted to she picked stuff that she liked and we got cooks and stuff like that to, to kind of do her vision so my buddy Sean just showed me a, like, I don't even know where you got that from. Well, I think it came from a candle or something. That you I was going to say, it looked like something out of a fortune cookie, except it was worse than that. Will you please read it to the people assembled? Imagine if you spent equal time thinking about the things you like about you. That just oh. like literally fell on my, it fell on my I was having, soundboard here. I had sort of drifted away thinking about <laughs> spaghetti, like classic homemade spaghetti. Oh, I love homemade they, spaghetti. Oh, man. I... Last you got to make the right kind of garlic toast, though, with it, where it's just sopped, sopped, sopped with butter. Go on. Yeah. I'm listening. And garlic. <laughs> and garlic. So, like, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of things like cilantro and ginger that I like, but you really got to be careful about how much you put on whatever it is you're having. Garlic, on the other hand, there aren't enough garlic buds on the planet to properly garlic anything that I might want to put in my and mouth. And then just mopping up the extra sauce oh. with, that, with that garlic toast. That's Son just of a bitch. What are the two <laughs> nights a week that we can do that at Relish uh, Rich? Thursday nights and oh. seven Sundays. Thursdays and then again on Sundays. Yep. And I can find Relish at 700 Central Northeast. That's correct. Interesting. i got to bring right. the fam there. Well, I, apparently I do as well because God damn damn and your daughter's involved your whole family's involved yep. every this is a family affair yep lucky yep. all right we have to go rich but before we go i do want to once again say thank you to smart start mn without them we are nothing also thank you to moxie wealth management because without them you might be nothing you should at least get in touch with them and just take a look at where you're at financially maybe they'll be like we can't do anything for you but probably not because Joe and his crew are pretty cool and they can at least give you guidelines and things to work towards. And maybe you're in a better spot than you think. That's always the thing that's blown my mind. I remember one time going to get a new car and the guy's like, 
do you have any idea what your credit rating is? I'm like, oh, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> this is not going to be good. And he's like, I'm like, I don't honestly have any idea. He's like, you know what? The people with great credit never have any fucking idea. My credit rating was at the time, probably not anymore, was 807, which is That's pretty damn good. Freakish. It was through yeah. the roof for most people who show up to get a car. And so I guess that's my point with Moxie. Just check in with them. You might be in a better spot than you think. Maybe you're not like, I'm going to buy a house in Boca Raton. But just, you know, <laughs> check in and learn what you can. Uh, also check in with Sean. If you're looking to move, even thinking about moving, even starting to set the very yeah, basic framework. next year or the year after that. Whatever. Exactly. And tell me the number again. Also, our friends uh, at Audio Equip, apparently looks like they're changing digs. I just saw Nate Nate post a picture like they're setting up a new fancy shop. We're going to talk about that next week with Nate, and um, we're going to talk about his band that's actually doing a gig coming up soon at the end of July. So that'll be next week right here on the Brian Oak Show. And I bring that up because Audio Equip are the ones who, again, long, long ago provided us with all the necessary electronics. uh, all the necessary sound equipment, the computers, everything, and they asked for literally nothing in return, not even really to be mentioned. That's why you should work with them because these are cool people and they're expanding, they're working. Much like many people who were locked down during uh, COVID, these are people who are getting back out and they provide sound equipment and electronics for people who are doing shows, busking, TED Talks, I, I ranting in the park, whatever. Have you ever wanted to have... A bullhorn, except an actual professional microphone with proper amplification, our friends at Audio Equip are the ones to help you. They can help you, and as you said, they keep the expectations really low with their partners. So we're... Oh, it's time for us to go. <laughs> Rich, I wish you the best this summer. Do things in the coffee shop and restaurant business get busier in the summer or quieter in the summer? Uh, I think it, it gets busy like May, June. It does... Tend to slow down a little bit at the end of July, August when people are out, out of town. Right. But it uh, seems like we've been steady so far. So. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. I have to imagine in the winter when people are like, it is fucking cold outside. I am going to go get myself an absolute triple Americano right now. That's got to be a good thing, right? Yep. Yep. Totally. Fabulous, man. Well, good luck to you. And thank you for coming by today. It's good to see your face. Yep. Thank you. All right. Now, you, before you, you know, you're not done yet. You picked a song by another person who's been on this show before. And she's great. She is, she's one of those rare sparkling types, right? Like I've interviewed probably literally thousands of musicians in my career. She has some of the brightest eyes and one of the most indomitable spirits of anyone I've ever met. Cindy Lawson is fucking rad, man. Why'd you pick this to wrap things up? I just wanted to pick something new. It just came out, I think about a month ago and uh, I really like, really dug the song, so. And I like her too. I mean, met her a couple times and pretty cool.
Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services uh, Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is an independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414.